Amen. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. Tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock we'll be having chapel for our Christian school here. If your schedule allows you to come be a part of it, I invite you to. I've asked Brother Nathan Patton if he would to preach in the morning. They don't leave out till Saturday morning. And so we're going to try to uh, use him while he's here. And I know the young people will be glad to hear him again. He taught Bible in the high school for a couple of years. And uh, looking forward to hearing from him in the morning. So if you can, uh, either pop in and sit with us or tune into the live stream and watch the service. And it'll be a blessing to you, I'm sure. Proverbs 16, when you found your place, stand with me, please. Proverbs chapter number 16. And uh, we'll just read one verse, verse number 18. The Bible says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I want to preach this evening on the pitfalls of pride and ask the Lord to teach us a thing or two, all right? Lord, we pray now that you would help us as we open our hearts and our minds and the scriptures as we do a bit of a word study and cross-reference some places. I pray, God, tonight that you would Show us the importance of humility and just how bad that you hate pride in the heart and life of a person. I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified in this message. Give us liberty to preach. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I've got several places that I want to turn to tonight and quite a few verses that I want to read. Uh, do I need to change something, Brother Tim? Is it my, is it my lapel mic acting up? If you'll bring me that other one, I'll swap it out. But the word pride is mentioned in the Bible a lot of times, different ways. The word pride, for example, is used 46 times. Uh, the word proud is proud is used 47 times. And uh, changing horses in the middle of a stream trying to preach at the same time ain't easy. Uh, but uh, pride and proud almost 100 times, just those two words. And then uh, the word haughty is used often. Haughtiness, you see the word lofty and loftiness. Those are just a few, but there are many other passages of scripture that describe pride in different ways. Paul talked about being puffed up in a place or two, and, and uh, we'll look at some of these tonight. But really, uh, the thought that was on my heart when I looked at the verse was it said, a haughty spirit before a fall. And I thought about that, that things that, that predicate a fall, the things that are existing in the heart of a person before they fall. And we've been warned in the scriptures that that fall is coming if we've got pride. Now, unfortunately, pride's one of those things that most people, when they have it, they don't think they have it. That's one of the, one of the serious side effects of pride is uh, they don't realize that they're proud. In fact, we used to joke years ago, I'd ask people, i say, did you get my new book, 700-page book on humility and how I attained it? <laughs> and it's a joke, obviously. But we've got some people that I think could write a 700-page book on humility and how they attained it, completely missing the point. So pride is one of those things that is uh, definitely a, can be a blind spot in somebody's life. And the Bible has a lot to say. As I was researching for this message this, this evening, I was really blown away by how many times the Bible refers to pride and the act of pride, the sin of pride. And uh, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, the middle letter in the word pride is I. <laughs> yeah. And so what I wanted to do tonight is just give you 
uh, four or five things. Uh, these, are, these are pitfalls. These are, these are traps. That word pitfall means a trap or a danger. And the Bible tells us a haughty spirit goeth before a fall. Pride goeth before destruction. And uh, the longer I'm in the ministry, the older I get, the older my children get, and, and, and the further along I get, the more conscious I am of the fact that I could fall. And I don't want my life to end in a, in a, in a, in a, in a wipeout. I want, I want to finish strong. I want my life to be one of consistency. And, and God knows that pride is something that everybody struggles with. But when you start looking at sin and the three different categories of sin in 1 John, you got lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I've heard it preached, you've heard it preached, how that the, the, the lust of the flesh is the younger generation. Then the middle-aged people, is that they fight that materialism once they get some financial stability going, and then they deal with that lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, that, that, that uh, desires to have all those things. And then that older generation many times struggle with that pride of life as they look back and reflect on their accomplishments and the things that God has allowed them to do, and things that God's allowed them to experience. If we're not careful, that pride will creep in. And I don't want to... As God allows us to get older and get more seasoned and with that hopefully some experience and some wisdom and a track record of making a difference and impacting lives and influencing lives, I don't want the pride of life to creep into my heart and into my life. And, 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 and it's something that would be easy to happen, very easy to happen. I, I was talking about in the staff meeting, I share much of the stuff with them I don't share it all from the pulpit. I do if I think about it, but I get letters all the time. I get letters and emails, and they're, they're encouraging. I'm watching your services, or this message spoke to my heart, or, or I read this book, and man, it really helped me. And that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that what you're doing is making a difference, but one of, the, one of the, the negatives of that could be to where you get to the point to where you think, okay, man, the Lord's really using me. I'm doing a lot of things for the Lord. And then that pride creep in and rob you of all of your, uh, your traction with God. And man, the more I studied it out today, I was like, Lord, please help us to be humble. Get humble, stay humble. And um, you can get humble. You can either humble yourself or God can humble you. I think, I think we'd all agree that humbling ourselves is the route we want to go. And uh, maybe we'll close out with that verse in a little bit. But I want to just give you four or five things tonight of some things that will happen when a person gets lifted up with pride. They allow pride into their heart. Uh, the first thing that I want you to notice, the pitfalls of pride, number one, would be rebellion towards authority. This is one of the most, uh, I guess, the most significant and uh, one of the most obvious uh, pitfalls of pride. Let me begin by saying that it started in heaven in the heart of Lucifer. I touched on these verses a few weeks ago, but I have to read them again because of our message and our text. But in Isaiah chapter number 14, and in verse number 12, down through verse number 15, the Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Our text is, A haughty spirit before a fall. You see that? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the heaven. I will be like the most high. He said, I, and he said it six times. 
What about that? Six, number of man, number of sin. Verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So we see that rebellion towards authority is one of the uh, pitfalls of pride. You'll have a hard time submitting to leadership if you've got pride in your heart, whether it be a young person in the home toward their parents or it be the wife toward her husband or whether it be the husband and the wife towards the, the, the biblical authority and the scriptures to the pastor, to authority of the local church, the authority of the scriptures, the authority of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that thing will just trickle right on down. If you've got pride in your heart, you're gonna have a hard time submitting to authority. There's going to be rebellion in your heart towards authority. And somebody made the statement, they said, when I was 13 years old, I knew everything. The older I got, I couldn't believe how much smarter my parents got. 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, arguing with their parents. They think they know everything. What's the problem? Pride. It's pride. Uh, but if you argue with God, you argue with the Bible. I've seen people argue with the Bible. Why would you want to do that? I heard this week somebody made the statement when they were having a conversation with a seasoned saint of God. They said, well, let's see what the Bible has to say about this situation. Their response was, well, that's archaic. You've got, got, got a problem if you call the Bible archaic. If you really thought that, won't you just throw it in the dumpster and be done with it? Which parts of it's archaic and which parts is, is relevant? Well, I guess it depends on what mood you're in. But what's happened is that person, that individual that argues with the Bible has established themselves as their own authority. Basically, they've said, I will ascend above the Most High. I will exalt my throne above God. I know more than God does about this situation. In Psalm chapter 10 and verse number four, the Bible says, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. The wicked through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. What a statement. Pride will cause someone to rebel against the authority. I can tell you right now the problem we've got in this country of starting in, in, the, in, the, in the public school system with our teachers and our, our, our uh, colleges and universities and our so-called schools of higher learning all the way up to the halls of Congress and the state uh, department and all these bureaucratic uh, departments, all these people, they are so full of themselves, they think they're smarter than God. And they're smarter than God. They're rebelling towards authority. And you think about rebellion towards authority. You think about this Antifa crowd in the, in the streets. You think about this Black Lives Matter crowd in the streets that are, that are wanting to defund the police. And they're wanting to shut down police departments. And they're burning buildings and looting stores and they're, they're kicking in the windshields of police cars and writing graffiti on the stores and, and all these things. They got serious authority problems. That's just, that's just part of it. They've been subjected to that their whole life. That's just the extreme element of it. It's our societies eat up with it. The gay pride movement. Gay pride month. Are you kidding me? They wasn't just happy with a gay flag. They've got a gay pride flag now. They've got the rainbow flag, and they've got the rainbow flag that's got that V in it. That's, that's better. You know, it's better than the other one. They keep, they keep changing it, and it's all about pride. They've set themselves up as their own authority. 
You get over to Romans chapter number one. I'm going to get further here in just a minute, but I got, I've got to give you what God gave me. Ro Romans chapter number one. I want you to look over there right quick. Say, preacher, you're getting, you're getting off, you're getting off, going off the reservation. No, I'm not. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Look at Romans chapter number one. Look at what it says in verse number 19. Well, let's go back to verse 18. For the wrath of God revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was dark, and they became vain in their imaginations. That's pride. Look at verse number... Um, 22, professing themselves to be wise. You see pride in that statement? Yeah. Professing themselves to be wise. We're an expert. You don't even believe that there's a God. You've got no credibility with me. We're an expert. We've got all these degrees. Yeah, but you don't believe the Bible. You don't believe God. Right. I'm working on a message now. When I get liberty, I'll unload it on you. Paul talked about science falsely so-called. We got a society today that's eat up with worshiping science that's not science. And if it's not Bible-based science and if it's not based on truth, it's not science. It's science falsely so-called. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man. Do you see the pride there? Do you see the rebellion towards authority there? Verse number 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. That's pride. That's a rebellion of gifts authority who is blessed forever. Verse 26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. It's still a sin. Homosexuality is still a sin. God ain't changed his mind or his word about that. You see, I've got, I've got family that's, 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 that's lesbians and sodomites. I do too. That don't change the Bible. Just because you love somebody or know somebody or like somebody or relate to somebody, that don't mean the Bible goes out the window. This cause God gave them up to vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God. You see that? Despiteful. What's the next word? Proud, boasters, boasters, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without, natural, uh, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, 
implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. There was a lot of, a lot of preaching in those verses, but did you notice how many references there was to the pride and the rebellion towards God's authority in Romans chapter number one? Pride's a terrible thing. Pride makes you God. It makes you dismiss God, hate God, rebel against authority, and have a perverted view of, a, of the leadership in your life. We could preach that, but you just beat that bush for about 30, 45 more minutes, but I've got four more points. Number two, write this down. Uh, one of the pitfalls of pride is there will be a rejection of accountability. Pride prevents a person from saying, I'm wrong. See, I can't say I'm wrong. Well, you've got pride problems. I teach my young people and I teach my staff because I practice it myself. I'll say I'm wrong when I'm not wrong just to get it over with and move on. I'm wrong, it's my fault. Let's go, who cares? I ain't gonna stay here all day defending myself. I'll take all the blame. It's my fault. It's my fault all of it happened. And hug necks and move on. But a person that's full of pride can never say I'm wrong. You're right. It's one of the reasons why there's so many problems in the home and the marriage. Pride causes a person to make excuses for their sin instead of confront it. Pride causes a person to defend their sin rather than address it. In 1 Corinthians chapter number five, the apostle Paul said in verse one, it's reported commonly that there's fornication among you and such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he which hath done this deed might be taken away from you. He said, you've got sin going on in your church that is so gross, that is so bad that even lost people don't do what you're allowing to happen in your church and instead of you crying about it and praying about it and addressing it, you're proud of it, you're puffed up. That's an issue, that's a problem. There's no accountability. Take ownership. I've got a book in my, in my office written by a Navy SEAL on extreme ownership. You want to talk about a kick in the teeth. Most people couldn't handle that book. He says if you want to be successful in life, stop blaming everybody else for your failures and take ownership. Stop being the victim and start saying it's my fault that I'm not the person I ought to be. It's my fault that I'm overweight. It's my fault I'm not healthy. It's my fault that I'm not making good grades. It's my fault I hadn't got a raise. It's my fault I keep getting fired. It's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. Take ownership. Quit blaming everybody else. One of the first things you and I need to do when we are facing a problem is look in the mirror and accept responsibility for our actions. We're living in a society today where that is a foreign concept. We've got mass murders out in the mall shooting people, killing people, and they're looking to blame everybody, including the gun manufacturer, instead of the psychopath that's out there killing people. Then you got a guy on trial, it's a national, national front stage thing, killing people in self-defense. Everybody's just can't get enough of this, this trial that's taking place right now. But you let some psychopath go crazy on a military base somewhere. All he's got to do is throw Allah in there and he's off the hook. And they'll do everything they can to cover for him. He ought to be in Guantanamo Bay until the island sinks, but no, he's back out on the street. 
There's no accountability. We got problems with pride. An ex excellent example of somebody that accepted responsibility for their sin and their actions is David in Psalm 51. When Nathan came, the prophet stood in front of him and confronted him over his sin of adultery with Bathsheba and his killing of Uriah. The Bible tells us that Nathan pointed his finger and said, thou art the man. And David had within his power to have that man of God taken out and had his head cut off. But instead, the Bible tells us that he fell down and he broke down in sackcloth and in tears and, and in weeping and in mourning. And you read Psalm 51, that is the attitude of somebody with a little bit of humility. Right. A person full of pride is not gonna respond like David did in Psalm 51. He gets on down there and talks about a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. You won't find a proud person with a broken spirit and a contrite spirit over their sin. They'll just get more bold. They'll get more belligerent. They'll get more defiant. One of the pitfalls of pride is when you're confronted about something you're doing wrong, just say, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I don't think there's a person in here that doesn't have within them to forgive a person and, and, and bend over backwards to help somebody get restored and get help, but it's hard to restore somebody that won't admit they're wrong. Amen. Amen. There's nothing you can do with a person that won't admit they're wrong. And it's amazing how many people are, say they're saved. They say they love God. They've not said, I'm sorry in years. Yeah. I'm sorry. You ought to practice it in the mirror till you get Get over the hang-up. I mean, say it to your husband. Say it to your wife. Say it to your children. I'm sorry. Say it to your church. I've had to apologize to my church for it. I've had to stand by the pulpit and apologize to the church. I'm sorry. Rejection of accountability is one of the pitfalls of pride. Number three, responding with an argument is one of the pitfalls. I know you want a Bible verse. I got several. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 10. Only by pride cometh contention. You see somebody likes to argue? They got pride problems. Argue about everything. We got a saying down home, say they argue with a signpost and take the wrong road home. Argue about everything. I mean, they'll argue about everything. They'll, they love to argue. They'll start arguments. They'll just make statements so they can start an argument because they've got no life. And they, lie, they thrive on that. I'm going to tell you, it's a pride problem. I don't like to argue. I don't like to argue so much that I ain't going to argue with you. You can be wrong and I won't lose a bit of sleep over it. I won't lose a bit of sleep over it if you want to be wrong. I don't care. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to debate with you. My flesh likes it too much. I used, to, I used to debate. If you read your Bible, it's a sin. Look it up when you get home. It ain't good. Some of y'all looking at me like I made that up. It's, 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 it's pride. Pride, only by pride cometh contention. That, that contentious, that contentious, that confrontational, always starting something, always saying something, just nitpicking at people and clawing at people and, and, and wanting to start a fight and a fuss, that's pride is the cause of all that. In 1 Timothy chapter number six, Paul said, 
to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 3, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. Paul told Timothy, leave him alone. Don't get caught up in it. Some of y'all need to, some of y'all need to practice something, okay? I'm going to give you a practice. I'm going to give you a practice here, a homework assignment. And some of y'all, it's going to be, you're going to get an F before you go to bed tonight. Here's your homework assignment. Don't get on somebody else's Facebook page and correct their post. I don't agree with that. And you just go off on them. Well, just unfriend them and move on. Just unfriend them and block them and get them out of your life and withdraw yourself. And if, there's, if they're that wrong, just leave them alone. People get on Facebook and they get on social media and they want to argue and debate all day long. That is not of God. Best way to show how crooked a stick is, just put a straight one down beside it. You just put truth and Bible and something spiritual on your Facebook page and on your Twitter and whatever you've got your 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 you face your face or or tube face or whatever it is you you put spiritual stuff on there. I heard they was gonna combine all of them, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. They're gonna call it new twit face. That's what they're gonna call it. It's <laughs> gonna put them all together. People get on and argue all the time. People get on my Facebook stuff and they start arguing. You know what I do? I delete them and I block them and I move on. I don't even respond. I do not even respond to them. If you feel your blood pressure coming up, that's your, that's your first clue right there that it's in you're in the flesh. Just leave it. And like I said, some of y'all are going to get an L before you go to bed tonight. Responding with an argument only by pride cometh contention. In, in, in the book of 3 John, there was a man named Diotrephes. Every Baptist church has at least one. John said, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. John the beloved. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. The disciple that Jesus gave his mother's care over to as he was dying on the cross was not good enough for Diotrephes. Now just let that sink in a second. Wherefore, John said, John the beloved said, John the beloved said, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he hath doeth, prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Diotrephes, he was so spiritual, even John the Beloved wasn't good enough for him. And his ministry was hollering at people and yelling at people and praying against people with malicious words. That was his, that was his calling in, in life. And casting people out of the church. You can stay, you can't stay. You, no, you can't stay, you gotta go. That was his ministry. Are y'all getting this? Third John's only about that long. But John, he, he got a good old punch in there on Diotrephes while he was at it. He had a lot of good things to say about Gaius and 
Was it Demetrius was the other one? But right in between them two, he let old, he let old Diotrephes have it. He says, when I come, hey, when I come, I'm gonna remember what you did. We're gonna talk about this, boy. Well, it don't even use the word pride, but it says that he seeketh preeminence. So many references in the Bible. There's nothing that'll start a church split, strife and division of church like a few people. Well, the Romans 12, I think it's verse 3, says this. For man not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. That's what it says. Let you not think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Diotrephes thought he was a bag of chips and all that and more. I don't know how the saying goes. My mom used to say it like this. She said, you think your hot's not on a silver platter, but you're just a cold booger on a paper plate. <laughs> I might ought not to have said that, but I just did. We got too many of them in the church. Wonder why there's splits. Wonder why pastors are resigning and quitting. Churches being tore all to pieces. Pride. 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 Number uh, four, another pitfall to pride. I'm hurrying. Here's, here's, here's one of the worst ones, resistance from the Almighty. Oh, my goodness. I could not believe how many verses in the Bible tells us clearly over and over and over again that God will not tolerate a person with pride. God can't stand it. I mean, it's not just like he don't like them. He hates it. I'm just going to give you a few verses. These are just a few. You ain't got time to look at all of them. You can just listen. Write the reference down. Look them up later. James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. God resisteth the proud. 1 Peter 5, 5 says almost the same thing. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Well, that's a good verse. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. You know, let me, just, let me just touch on this while I'm thinking about it. We live in a society today where the young people don't know how to respect older people. Some of you young people, if you're not careful, you'll think you know more than somebody that's been around three times longer than you've been alive. Ain't nothing gets under my skin anymore than a teenager to be driving, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat trying to tell them what to do, and they're looking at me like, I've been driving for two weeks. Don't you shut up. Two weeks, you just ran a stop sign, you fool. Did somebody kill. Go through life. Get these senior saints to help you. Get counsel, get advice. You're going to make a job decision. You're going to make a girlfriend decision. You're going to make a boyfriend decision. Don't ask your friends. They're as dumb as you are. Ask an older person. Ask somebody that's got some gray in their hair. If you was me, what would you do? It'd take you five minutes. Amen. Respect older people. Learn from them. They know something. Just because they're slow and wear the pins don't mean they're stupid. Ask questions. Pick their brain. And submit and honor the older. Amen. I'm just setting the stage for one day when it's me. 
All of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 5. 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse number 28. And the afflicted people shalt thou save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty that thou mayest bring them down. Psalm 12, 3, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud. They're going to cut your tongue off. The Lord will. Psalm 138, verse 6, though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Wow, what a verse. Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 17, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. The first one is a proud look. Proverbs 15, 25, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. My goodness. Proverbs 16, 5, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. This is just a few. There are many more. Resistance from the Almighty. You try to come down here and pray with pride in your heart, God is not going to listen to nothing you say. He's not hearing a word you're saying. He's, go, he's in heaven going, la, 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 la. He's not listening to you. What if one of your kids is in the hospital on, at death's door, hurt an automobile accident, or you're laying at the house and you, one of your family members is in a fever? You're full of pride and hollowness. God's not listening to you. I'm going to tell you, for this one reason alone, we ought to make sure we don't have pride in our heart. I don't want a stiff arm from God. Goodness gracious. Lastly, but not least, number five, there'll be ruin from the arrogance. The Bible's very clear. The Bible is very clear. Our text is very clear. Pride goeth before destruction. And the haughty spirit before a fall. There's no way for you to go if you've got pride in your life but down. Proverbs 11, 2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. You ever been proud and did something in a, in a, in a moment of pride and embarrassed yourself? Mm. Proverbs 18, 12, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. Before destruction... The heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. I wish I had the time, but I don't have the time. But in Isaiah chapter number 2, verse 11 down through verse number 17, in the day of the Lord, God is going to deal harshly with the proud, the lofty, and the haughty. Read it when you get home. Isaiah 2, 11 through 17. Makes no bones about it. God is going to be exalted and all the proud will be brought down in the day of the Lord. He's going to have the final word. In conclusion, I'm going to leave you with 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 6. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I said it just a minute ago. I'm saying it again. It's so much better when we humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves. Get in the habit when you're praying 
of saying things to the Lord like, Lord, I'm not worthy. The only thing about me that's even close to being good is what you've done in my heart and in my life. Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. The apostle Paul set an example of humility. I'm not yet apprehended. <laughs> this one thing I do, reaching forward those things which are before. The apostle Paul, he said, I, I don't know it all. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. One of the things that God is really dealing with my heart about is I believe if we're honest and sincere when we pray and ask God to show us if there's pride in our life, I believe he will. Because he hates it. Far worse than we do. I believe if we're serious and sincere before God, say, Lord, would you show me any areas where I've got pride, my mouth, my thoughts, my, my actions. I don't want a proud look. It's an abomination to God. Walking around with your nose up in the air. Man, we're just sinners saved by grace. If we all got what we deserve, we'd be in hell tonight with our back broke. God's been good to us. We don't have anything to be walking around sticking our chest out about. We're just sinners saved by grace. Let's ask God tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed to help us to maybe search our hearts this evening and make sure that we don't have pride in our heart. You say, I've got a good job, got good money, got money in the bank, I have a nice house, I have a nice car. God give you that. God did that. Talents and abilities. You got pride maybe because you think you're handsome or you're beautiful or you're smart. All these things. God did that. Would you take a few minutes tonight and search your heart? I said at the beginning of the message, this is a blind spot for some people. Most people that have pride don't say, wake up in the morning and say, I'm a proud person. One of the reasons why we can't have revival in this country, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then while I hear from heaven will forgive their sin and heal their land. The first step to revival is humility. There may be someone here this evening say, Pastor Shifflin, I'm not even sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I can't say with confidence that I'm a born again blood-bought child of God. I don't know that. I hope I'm going to heaven. I think I am, but I just don't know that for sure. And I would appreciate it if you would pray for me. Would there be somebody here tonight that would slip your hand up and say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I die tonight, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. Anybody, anywhere, anybody, anywhere. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven when I die. There's a phone number on the screen if you're watching the live stream right now. There's a phone number. If you'll text that number, Somebody will call you in a little bit, take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure you're saved. Change your eternal destiny. Would you let God do that for you tonight?